The following content has been provided by New St. Andrews College in Moscow, Idaho. For more information, visit us online at nsa.edu. Again, we've gathered in the car for an episode of What Have You with the Dr. Pepper. Becca's wearing her podcast. Oh my word! Outfit. She's making fun of. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cold day. It it's got not cold good. Here. My outfit's bad. Becca's wearing a t-shirt and then a dressy-ish sweater, and then well, a large crew neck uh, <laughs> sweatshirt. On top of it, like vintage Gap. Yeah, um, vintage Gap. Probably, cotton. I'm going to say 1993. Maybe it would have been so cool then. And she, it's, it's just not a, a It's not a flattering cut. Well, so it's over the top of her sweater her and sweater. shirt. And so when I got in the car, all I saw was this, <laughs> this sweatshirt with a long dangly gold necklace on top of I'm it. Not... Like, <laughs> What? Have you, Becca? What have you? Well, what I, have you done I with this? I had on an outfit earlier in the day, and I had a necklace on with it. Then I got cold, so I put on a sweatshirt over the top of everything before I came out to drive. Because I know what it was. Back mm-hmm. up, back up. I was going to drive over here, and I didn't want to wear a coat because I felt like that would be bunchy. Then you'd be stuffy so and rumply during the podcast so when I, you're like, do have to take us so off? So I put on a sweatshirt. <laughs> Anyway, then somehow or other, the, the necklace came with the sweatshirt. And, podcast chic. And uh, Rachel's been nonstop making fun of me since she got in yeah. and taking pictures of it. It's all right. We're not making fun of my <laughs> outfit today because there's nothing to talk about about it. <laughs> there's n- nothing good or ill about it. It's just a blank of no, an outfit. My outfit is... My it's really struggle, gone off I will tell you, I struggle indefinitely with my hair. And that is because I fail to take the time to do it. It's it is something to me that is like if I blow dried it, then I'm like mm, let's pretend that I styled it straight today, <laughs> but I didn't. That's but funny. I should. So that's a thing, and I always well, run out of the time I want to commit to my hair. You can see that my hair is being excessively stylish today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have well, it in a loop on the top of my head. Between the two of us, we could just do a style and feature. I'm, yeah, and I'm growing my hair back out again, which I despise. I hate yeah. it. There's nothing like the length of hair that no, no one ever asks to get their no, hair cut it's to. Right at you the, never come and be no. like, I'm just thinking an inch below my shoulder. Yeah, I'm thinking right <laughs> where it'll go down my collar, if possible. Did you hook me up with a hairstyle that will awkwardly bunch in my coat around the hood? It will not swing nicely or look good. No, No. and mine is all, it has no rhyme or reason to it because when I had it shorter, it was cut to be that style. Right. Now it's in the grown out, so it's it's not a cute shape. For the length that it is, so the whole thing is. I'm a, I am a difficult lifelong hair underachiever. On like, it's just a problem. I always think I'm like rededicating myself to. Mm. I will get this cut in a mm. style again, but I almost universally get it cut into a style and then just let it grow 
forever until I can't take it anymore and then I get it cut again. That's where I am. In what the I am not. Part. What I am not is that person who schedules their next appointment when they get their haircut. Yeah. I have never. Yeah. I don't think ever maintained a haircut. I did pretty well for a couple of years. Then I was like, I'm sick of this. I'm growing it out. So yeah. here I am growing well, it my, out. And it's not. It's almost long enough for me to stick it up in a pen. Which I have been Becca's doing. Signature. She balded been... herself. <laughs> balded myself. So sure. She no, but there was a. You remember the spot because you did your hair like that for so long. Maybe that you got you developed a, a bald spot in the place that nobody would look at. It was like dead in the middle of the back of your head. You had like a bald spot. Was it a bald spot? Oh yeah. How do you know it was a bald spot? Because you showed it to me. Wow. Wait, yeah, you because every time you twist it with your pin and stab it, you were yeah. like, that part yeah. that got stabbed a lot, that part. The thing is, the pen is a handy trick to know because you can fling your hair up in a pen, you just twirl it around I can't. and stick it through. You can. I can. I've been doing this since, like, math class in high school. It matches your sweatshirt, 1995. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, when you're sitting there... Well, no, it wasn't in at the time, and it's not in now. It's never been in. It's just... It's handy. timeless. It's, it's a timeless... It's a, it's a, it's a timeless, timeless bick <laughs> design. <laughs> well, and then, and then the little top will stick out, and it is a little bick top, and people go, um... Did you know you have a pen in your no, hair? Yeah, that's how like, I did it. How did that get there? How did I get a pen in there? But then um, I have people also... People do this with, like, chopsticks, count, but, I think. Like, countless times I've had to stop and show people, like, in the grocery line how I put it up. Like, I have to take it down and do a demonstration because everybody's like, wait. I used to do that do with, that? Um, you know, those, those um, for a long time, I had to wear my hair with those... Well, I don't even know what it's called. You know when you put it in a ponytail and then you separate it right above the ponytail holder and flip it through? Yeah. It's a classic yeah. homely design. <laughs> if you wear your hair like that all the time. Sorry, I called it homely. It's not one of my faves. But I would wear it like that. But instead of pulling the ponytail all the way through, I would push it. I would push it a little bit in. Oh, yeah. And then flare it out so the curls... So oh, yeah, it would, like that. it contained it, it all on the back of your head without doing that. Yeah, it was cute. I did that. But the problem that I face is that my hair gets um I just as soon as it's long enough for me to get it out of my eyes, out of my off of my neck, I then just start wearing it up all the time. I just prefer my hair to be out of my well, body. And me then too. And, and then so if it's I wear not it up, always really Or if my hair's too short to wear up all the time I wear a bandana in it all the time so that it's out of my face. Yeah. So I don't do that. Basically, the big, so the pin it does not hold. But one one hairstyle that I used to <laughs> merging these thoughts that I wore in the nineties was wow. really unclassic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a ponytail, but my hair was really long. Okay. But I don't know why. Like, cause I never wore it down. It was okay. like I wore it up, put it in a ponytail, and then I would twist it into a bun, and then I would tie a bandana around that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I remember you doing that. That's not one of the ones that uh, you wish you had done. It's not one that you look I, back no. on with like, wasn't that no. a great idea? Mm-mm. But I did it faithfully. That's funny. There was also an era where I only wore my hair in a braid, and I remember mom saying, Rachel, you, do, you don't want people to say... <laughs> You know, Rachel, she's that girl with the braid. <laughs> <laughs> and what kills me is that 
and my almost 13-year-old daughter has apparently become known as the ponytail because she only wears ponytails all the time. Mm-hmm. And she says that the I'll girls... i have to in, teach her the pen trick. Yeah, the girls in her class were, were make fun of her for being... They say that the ponytail is her spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh... I That's guess funny. you're a lot like your mother in that this way. Really you funny. just find something that works. And one time, when in the early years of doing her own hair, she was committed to a low ponytail, which reminds me of that awesome, wasn't it a oh, meme? The meme so about what, what would it be like to wear your hair in a low ponytail and not look like a founding father? <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's so, so true. It's so does so never look true. good. No. So then I... Well, some people look good, but not me. But it's not me, no. Never. And I told her at the time, I was like, no, because when your ponytail is too low, you look it looks like it's frowning. I was like... It does. And I said, you cannot have a grumpy looking ponytail. It has to be up higher where it looks yeah. like it's smiling. So now she's she's just a committed high ponytail wearer. Okay. But we used yeah. to have we used to have these little reckonings about, is this a grumpy ponytail or a cheerful one? Are you seeing what I'm seeing right now? Let's not talk about it. It's snow. Guys. Corn snow. Snow. You can hear it, which means yeah. it's corn snow, not... Uh, but look. This is legit snow. Here, and here. it's October, and here we go. Wow. And there's snow on the mountain this morning. It, like, actually, a significant amount of snow on the mountain this morning. Yeah. It's so... Okay, someone on our Facebook page was asking what how we deal with mothering mistakes. Yeah. So I think we should divide this category into little mistakes, like I just blipped it with someone, or I just was unkind. Like I was just ugly to somebody. I was a wee bit, you know, harsh, or whatever. Those are the things that you just get right as fast as you got them wrong. Yep. It's just like when you spill something on the floor you clean it up just do it it's not really the biggest issue in all the land no and but i would life work of living together with other people but i would insert though that it's super important that you not just fix it in your heart and then try and pretend it didn't happen to others yeah just actually have the humility to go to your kid even if he's three and say i shouldn't i shouldn't have been rude just now. Yeah. Or, or forgive I, me for being flustered about yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, and one of the things we've always tried to do is the repentance should be as public as the sin. So if everybody saw you do it, then everybody should see you make it right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is reminding me of something. Go ahead. Finish what you were going to say. Because. Yeah. Just, just that like, it's important that you fix it with God mm-hmm. and it's important you fix it with all the people that witnessed it. So... But that can be done pretty easily. It's like if you right. just yelled at everybody because they took the cushions off the couch, well, go back and say, you know, would you forgive me for being upset? I shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, and I think moms often worry that if they do that, it will make the kids feel like they were right. Or it will cheapen take, their authority yeah. in some way, but it really does not. No. And in bigger situations, not with your kids, although I guess it could be if you have a long trouble with a kid. Is that it's more important that you're obeying God than that you keep your power situation in a relationship. Yep. So, 
if you're like concerned that, well, if I confess to my sister that I did this, say I have a sister who's an unbeliever and I'm whatever. And then I was snarky at her, but I don't want to go tell her that I did that because right. then I would be like cheapening. It's like, no, yeah. you don't do any kind of strategic work with obedience or disobedience. You just obey. Like that's <laughs> what you do. And God will use it. You don't like think, oh, I can't confess that because then, you know, you right. just, you do it. And with your kids, you do it. Um, and, and one of the things that's important is that your kids know that you're in authority because God put you in authority, not because you're universally right. Yes. So you yeah. should know that and they should know that you know that. And you're but like, also, you're like, well, I'm your mom and God wants you to obey me, but it's, there's no claims of you should obey me because I know it all. No. And the other thing is, I feel like you need to be able to humble yourself because if you won't, it's pretty universally true. God will humble you. Oh, yeah. And you would rather do it willingly at the front end than Amen. have it done to you at the back Amen. end. <laughs> Amen. Get it all out there. And so, and the other thing is it's a great deterrent. Oh, man. The more, <laughs> when you really have to go be like, children, everyone, forgive yeah. me for the way that I, that I was unkind to you and I dishonored God by being angry or upset or like uh -huh. it's not something that you want to write into every day's activities no. and you know what else I think um one of the places where I think there's a lot of temptation for moms I feel like we were just talking about this with somebody recently maybe it was while we were at the conference um is when you're having people over so company oh. is coming it's a frenzied time you're trying to have everything clean you're trying to have it all put together and so you're yelling at the children and because what's important right now is that nobody see any mess in our house yeah it's so like we're so gonna ridiculous. basically waft a stink smell through the whole house oh my word in a spiritual sense it's so true <laughs> it's so true <laughs> Getting out my diffusers for my essential oils of vainglory of and, and the oils of doom. I'm the wafting. oils of no one wants to be here right now, but luckily. But somebody was just saying that like their family hates it when they have company because they everybody it, knows yeah. it's no fun. Mom is a pain when we have company over. So like, it's ooh, like, doggy, better I get feel some like, things right there. Yeah, but if you actually have the self-discipline to put it right when you do that it's interesting I think how you can actually make strides in your own <laughs> sanctification about not being that way when you have company coming well because actually if you have to put it all right that hurts in some way right yeah. so yeah. you didn't brush over right. it that you did and that so, so then what happens is that you start thinking preventatively yeah you like, start thinking you know what's not cool yeah. Doing that before everyone yeah, comes and like over. <laughs> in that hot sauce moment between three thirty and five thirty, when you're whatever. Like, when why doesn't anybody <laughs> care? <laughs> I'm just trying to grate the cheese, and you're just messing everything up. <laughs> I think especially it's so it's... petty and funny that it's just like our life. You're not that important. No. Like you just. How are we no. losing all perspective here? <laughs> but it is, that is a point of testing, I think. There's other times, like maybe Sunday morning, trying to get everybody ready for yeah. church. Oh, I should tell my best Sunday morning one. Because so when we were, um, when we had kids, well, first of all, we would, when we just got married, we like get to church just right on time, right before, or right on time, just barely right on time. 
Then we have a child, and we're just still getting to church just right on time. We're just barely mm-hmm. right before. Then we have two. Then we have four. We're still never, we're always just right. Mm-hmm. Like, we're always just squeaking in oh, yeah. at the moment. And we're like, what? This is the same principle for why you can be on, on time before daylight savings and after, but you're still just right hovering How? at the mark. How do yeah. you why do is it? it yeah, why is this possible? So we, we had gotten really trying hard to make it early to church when the twins were babies, but it was murder. And you know, you only do it once a week. So it was not, um, yeah. you can't like, oh, we'll do better tomorrow morning. We're like, no. we're just every week was mm-hmm. a new fresh mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. So we were losing shoes. It was a real theme of that time. Always, Children with always missing shoes. shoes. Like, and you know, they're always somewhere like in a stock pot down, or down, down a, a heat, heat vent. vent. <laughs> yeah. They don't, they don't put their shoes. It's not like, it's like something happened with the shoes. So, <laughs> we were trying to like troubleshoot. Why are we late? You know, and then we'd have like we're ready to go, and one of the twins would have a blowout. Yeah, like start course. fresh on the outfit, start you know, yeah. start over. We'd be right on time again, and then it, we, this <laughs> happened for weeks in a row. Like we yeah. were trying so hard, and so then we had this one just perfectly executed Sunday morning, and we were so proud of ourselves. We were just like, yes, we are in the car, we are ready to go, and. We got, um, I mean, everybody's clothes had been laid out. Breakfast was yeah. ready. We just nailed it. We're in the car. We're, like, pulling out. So Luke backs out of the garage and then turns. And then he stopped something, like, I don't know what happened. He saw something out of his car door, something that fell out of the car. I don't know. I'm not even sure what he was doing. But he stops for a second and leans out. Like, he opens his car door and leans out to grab something off the floor. And then as he sits up, his right elbow comes across. And he just elbow punches my coffee cup, which I'm holding. (laughs) And I just, like, bloosh, like, the whole coffee all down the front of me. And this is how desperate we were to be on time. We just sat there in silence looking at each other. And then I was like, just go. Just go. So I wore, it was like a... It was a gray cardigan, and I was like, you can't really see it, it'll dry, but I regretted it so badly, because I just smelled very aromatically of coffee the whole time. Could be worse. It could be worse, but it was still funny. And then one other time, we were like a block away from home, and I realized I had mascara on one eye. <laughs> and I was like, you have to go back, Luke. Go back. And he's, he's like, no one will notice I was like, no, I can't live like this. I can't. I was like, if I had not worn any mascara, it would be different than one eye. Like one eye eye was just a little lipstick on one lip. It was a little too mangy for me. So I can't. I can't worship with one eye of makeup on. But anyway, the point is, is like I think it's very worthwhile to um try and just diagnose when do I get cranked off. Why don't you repent and also repent so thoroughly that you don't care to do it again. Yep. And, and, but the thing is like, sometimes you might, you might find the pressure point. Like it's right before dad gets home from work or. Oh, that's a universal pressure point. Or it's right when I'm trying to get dinner on the table or it's only when company comes or maybe it's inexplicably you quarrel with your husband on date night every time or maybe (laughs) maybe it's whatever Sunday morning or or it's that time of the month and you just excuse it because you're cranky because universally it's my favorite time one thing that mom I thought was so glamorous that she 
she just right at the beginning and when I was in high school she was like here's the thing you know it's coming every month yeah. you can pray and be ready for it tough you luck cannot, convincing me yeah, I mean you're you not going to talk me into thinking you can't handle this you cannot get off on the hook of oh I'm just hormonal it's like oh, well no. you're coming please it's it's a routine you know it's coming just pray in advance that I God recently will have be being ready that, being that mother that I'm sure every teenage daughter would <laughs> I'm altogether too amused at these problems. This age. I mean, I just, the whole scene is one that, mm-hmm. but I was like, you know, the thing is, is that we may be just talking about a hormonal issue, but like, if you had to have your leg amputated, that would be a real trial. And I was like, and you'd still would need to rejoice yeah. in the Lord completely. Yep. I was like, so you can't. We can't have this worldview where we believe that if a hormone walks past us, we're no longer responsible (laughs) for our behavior. Well, you don't know. I have a headache. I have a headache. And that makes me angry. That's why. That's why I lashed out at you. Like, really? Is it why? And that brings me to what what Grandpa always said about the bucket. If your heart is like a bucket, it's full of something. And when it gets jostled, what comes out is what's in it. Yep. And, and many women spend a lot of time trying to keep anything from jostling the bucket because they're like, when it comes out, it's super bad, but a far better place to spend your time is making sure that the content of the bucket is not a lot of selfish, stupid stuff, but it is so that if you get jostled (laughs) when it gets jostled, because it will get jostled if what comes out is honey, honey, then it's really not that big. It's like, Oh, Yeah, you know. But if you just slopped battery acid all over everyone because because you got somebody bumped, bumped into you, then it's like, well, we know that there was battery acid in there to yeah, come out, it just was. poised and ready. <laughs> because that was not a bucket full because of just creamy milk. <laughs> the old the old verse about out of the abundance of the heart the, the mouth, mouth speaks. speaks, which is why when people say I didn't really mean that or I didn't, I I do think people try to generate fellowship by trying to make it be that that moment right after the storm. Like, yeah. they're like, I want to be in fellowship. And the only way I know to get there is if we all freak out so that then at the end of that time, we can say, we all said things we didn't mean. Right. I love you. Yeah. We'll be at peace now. But there's no, that's not a Christian it's like a pattern. That is, yeah. That's not a Christian pattern no. for relationships. No. So yes. The other thing though, the other side of that is bigger, bigger mistakes. Like if you think, okay, we were pursuing this in totally the wrong way. Like yeah. this was like a like basically we raised you for ten years with really bad expectations. Right. That's even a then, kind even of then, I mistake. would say you need to repent all the way down and and tell your kids like be clear with your kids if they're older, if they're not, you know, old enough to, if they're old enough to understand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like if be they're clear old with to them. Have been hurt by it. Yeah. Well, of. old enough to to have yeah. noticed that they're being yeah. hurt. Yeah. So basically, yeah. if you can say. Listen, we are convicted that we were not parenting you in a way that honored God. And we need you to forgive us. And and I think it's important for parents to be totally open about saying, if you think, you know, like, this is what we know happened, you know, whatever. Uh, This is what we've confessed. This is what we're asking you to forgive us. If you think of anything that... Yeah. You think we ought to get right. Like, please bring it to us. Tell us. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about it. We want to get it right. Yeah. Um, 
But that's obviously a bigger scale of a thing but that you probably... putting the mistakes right is a huge part of parenting because when you're doing it, you're showing them what it looks like to put your mistakes right. Mm-hmm. And you're giving them the example that you want them to follow. And you can't be the person that says, do as I say, not as I do. Like, I'm going to right. insist that you always apologize when you do something wrong, and but I'm not going to. it's how often parents do that. I know. It seems so foolish, but it is yeah. still nonetheless a popular technique. Yeah. And the thing that, that, that is amazing is that kids always end up following the example that you set much more deeply than they follow the rules the that you articulate. The words are not... No. They will copy your anger. They'll copy your bitterness. They'll copy whatever, all of your self-centeredness. But it's... um. They will copy that before... They will, they mm-hmm. will do all the things that you say for them to do. You have a sweet attitude. You know, like, you, stop it. Have a sweet attitude. It's amazing how often that is the what people... <laughs> there was a woman yelling at her kids at Costco the other day. And it was totally that level of, like... Like, because they were being too wild. Yeah. Like, and she's just... Causing the dust uh, up in the aisle. <laughs> like, woman. <laughs> like, what is this about? Like, Jonathan... I said, have good manners at Costco. And you're like, this is unbelievable. Like, some of us, more than oh, Jonathan Lord. is having a lapse of manners. <laughs> like, we're having a great oh, big old hunk and lapse of all kinds of things here. Just, just a little yeah, bit. But yeah. I do think children, children will see which one of your, like... On the whole, if your words and your actions do not match, it will be the actions that are convincing to them. And so, and I would say that I have in, in with kids as they're dealing with their own emotions or dealing with things, it matters a lot to them also that you have a personal testimony of how you deal with things Mm -hmm. because we're not just putting this bizarre, we're, we're discipling them. Like this is how a Christian does it. We're not like saying this is your rules for which this is reminding me one thing I think is really important if you have high standards is to recognize that sometimes your kids are not they're trying to tell you about something that already happened and you can be cutting them off at the past like over and over like you need to like when they say I was just really frustrated with her so like when they're trying to tell you something you're like you shouldn't be frustrated like I had I remember this one time really hitting me because I realized I was they didn't know how to process it that it had already happened mm-hmm. and that I was treating it like them telling it to me was the sin. Oh, when sure. the sin had happened in their heart yeah. and them bringing it to me was not the same thing as them. Like, and there was a weird frustration because I'm like, I, it was like, I was like, no, you can't talk like that. But oh, what sure. they're trying to do is like, I had a yeah. problem. Yeah. Although they were not well, saying it that clearly, if they'd come up to say I had a problem, I need help with that. I would have been, if yeah. if they would have flagged it clearly enough, I would have known. Well, one thing too, though, is I think what, what the point of discipline and everything, what the point of it is, is something that a lot of parents need to be more clear on kind of, because I think when it comes to real basic parenting, we all have a natural intuition about how we do it. So like when you're, when your little baby is learning to sit up, or when your baby's learning to crawl, or when your baby yeah. is learning to walk, 
you know how to help them with it. You get down at their level and you and you hold their hands and then you yeah. then like see if you can do three steps. Come to mama, you know, like we all understand that. But when it comes to sort of spiritual disciplines, like we just drop the hammer, like you did it wrong, um, you transgressed the rule, you didn't mm-hmm. do it the way I said to do it. And of course, obedience is one of those things mm-hmm. we're trying to teach them. But I think we should see it as we're here helping you along, trying to get right. you to the place where you can do it by yourself. And so if you have this weird kind of um, vending machine discipline in your house where you put in this infraction, out comes this punishment, uh, then you're not... The brother, well, the, the brother <laughs> offended chart is that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you... You no, because I always X, wondered, like, what would this... you be like? Well, kicking your brother universally gets you a, like, yeah. what on earth? What kind but... of a world is this? Where you're like, it sounds worth it to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like uh, it shouldn't be a. Let me machine. go check the numbers you're, on that offense. You're actually trying to teach your children to walk in the Lord, and so you you help them along, and when they fall down, you help pick them back up. And, and the goal is to pick them up and help them walk. The goal is not to sit around, right. like, and you lashing hear, out. Right, and you hear in Christian discipline things, often you'll hear that consistency is really important. And it, and it is. It is. It is. I'm not trying to belittle consistency. But I am going to say that the consistency that is most important is parents who are trying to honor God and trying to communicate, like, and trying to communicate that to their children. So if you think, you know what, actually this system is not working, it's not inconsistent to try a different method of teaching the same thing. No, because like, if like, okay, that wasn't working. Let's try something else. You know the problem with a little girl who's trying to crawl in a dress and she keeps crawling into her her dress dress and then she's stuck. It's the worst. And it's like, and if you're trying to teach her to crawl and she keeps crawling into her dress, what's like, Put her in something else, and then we'll do better. What about some or leggings? stop yeah. on the slippy footy pajamas <laughs> when they're trying to learn to walk. Like, give them bare feet or big, clumpy shoes. Like, take the shoes off and be see helper. how that is. Like, be a helper. Like, because yeah. the real goal is to get them to be able to do it by themselves. Right, and so the goal is not to be ticking all the boxes uh-uh. on something or following the flow chart of the dry erase board through no. the seven phases of restoration when somebody <laughs> does. Like, you should be, and I I think it's good and healthy for both the parent and the child to not be in just like going into like a automated process. Yeah. Like where it's like, oh, something yeah. went wrong. Now we're just going in. Like we uh-huh. can go on autopilot through this whole moment. It's good to have things changed up here and there and, uh-huh. and be you're talking to them. You're like, do you yeah. understand that? Do you see that? Yeah. Or it's like, this keeps not working. We're, we need to figure out what's going wrong and troubleshoot this and try and come up with a different approach rather than I printed off this printable. And yeah. so now this is how we discipline in this, this house. This is it. Universally, this is the path. The one right. that I because got it on. Just, I, and I think the whole point is you're trying to raise friends in the yes. Lord. You're trying to raise brothers and sisters in the Lord. And you need to, to realize that your, word, yes. your role is to guide and teach and help and train and discipline when they're little, but so that they can stand up and walk next to you without your help. And, right. and that you're not always going to have this. And that just goes back to the bring them up in the nurture and admission, Lord, and, and teaching them 
train up a child and the way he should go. That's what I was going to say. The way he should go ought to be the way you're going. Yeah. Like, it's not like we're trying to give them directions for somewhere we're not going. Yeah. We're trying to be like, come on. So, at first you're carrying an infant. Later mm-hmm. you're holding their hand. And yeah. then maybe you're giving them, as a toddler, little times of being on your shoulders or being around. But, like, but we're working to have them be companions yeah. on the same road. We're not working to be like then you shoot off into the distance of your own life. It's one path. It's one staying in fellowship that we're trying to keep And if you're trying to show them what it looks like to hop back up when you fall down, well, you'd better be the kind of person who hops back up when you fall down. Yes, absolutely. So, So, anything else? Or is it time for us to talk about Christmas? Probably. It's time. I have something to say. Please. I got a box in the mail today from a listener who sent me the green Tupperware fix and mix with a lid. Oh man. Yes. I think you told us about this a while ago. Well, I just like to say I did not imagine that kind of a payoff coming my way from having talked (laughs) and it was great. And she even wrote the note with uh, pilot friction pins. <laughs> I love it. And coffee, yes. And anyways, that was a really fun gift. That so is now so I'm sweet. going to have to get back into some, get some dough going That's in one of those. Awesome. It's the perfect size for my for my dough needs. That's so, perfect. Yeah, That's very really cool. Fun. But okay, well, are you cooking anything of interest? I am cooking. Well, I'll oh, tell you. Oh, Becca does I, have a cooking of interest. I have the most complicated event situation that I have to pull off by this Friday. Oh, that was another question somebody had, and this is, you're about to give a great answer. Oh, Somebody asked about, would we talk more about trying to feed big groups? And then I was, and I was laughing because I think once you get to like 50, you're, you're in totally new territory where you have to think of imaginary other ways to do things. I am in charge of a, the Reformation Banquet for New St. Andrews this year. And it's kind of fun because mom, I remember mom, mom did the first yeah, one. Yeah, didn't she? And this is the 23rd. And I am in charge of it this year. My <clears> word. <throat> and it's it's been crazy. I know. And so I, uh, I am not cooking the whole thing because I also have to attend the event. So I'm trying to organize it. But from an organizational perspective, this is complicated. Because we are doing it in our newly acquired building... <coughs> which is really fun. So it's going to be basically, you know how it is when you buy a house and your first dinner in the new house, you don't really have any you furniture. You're maybe just sitting on the floor a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a kind of formal dinner, but it's in this new building that's not been renovated. It's an old nightclub with this funky upstairs ballroom where we are going to... You do have to sort of not look either no. way on your way up. Well, they put up where you can't anymore. There's a oh. firewall. So anyway... We're just, firewall? Yeah, they're putting in a firewall so that, um, anyway, you just have to go upstairs That's now. Nice. So the whole really, dis, really despicable part of the nightclub is not it's even accessible That's right good. away. But there's no kitchen in this building. So I am trying to pull off a I dinner. I think it sounds simple. A you dinner? just need to get your woodland friends. It's also, you need to open a window yeah, and sing for and your woodland sing, friends and they will to come, come help you. But the thing about this is that it's a, everybody dresses up like it's a, it's a formal dinner with no kitchen for 200 people. Yeah. Ta-da. And also... I think I had a good idea, though. Did you try the terracotta pot? The lid? 
Oh, trays. I just, yeah, I just ordered trays because it was going to be just I, as trays, expensive. Trays, trays, got it. Well, ceramic. Anyway, okay. so I have been trying to organize this and I've got some ladies who are willing to help cook for me, but I have to like get all the ingredients, get them the recipes organized when it's going to arrive and I have to have the servers like figuring out how right. to do this. So it, this is, this is tricksy. But anyway, so I've been testing out recipes and the thing I just made today, and I'll be real, so far I am liking it. Um, we're going to do chocolate tarts for dessert with red wine poached pears on top. And the pears are just stupidly good. They are so delicious. So anyway, Rachel's texting. So that's helpful. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm just texting. texting because I have a inconceivable text lineup that I think one of them is from my husband and the others are from children. <laughs> like, but anyway, so I have been testing recipes for this little thing and we'll see if I end up doing a bunch of the cooking. I am going to be doing a ton of the setup and the, all of the stuff. So basically this week I'm going to be a very boring person to talk to because the only thing I'm going to be talking about is this. Well, when you get past 50 people, it becomes like innovation station. You're like, yeah. what are, so one of the things though that we've learned, I'm trying to think of some of the random ones. One is that like, we've done this before, baked potatoes. You can roast a bazillion of them and you can bake them in your oven at one time. But if you pull them out early and pack them in a cooler, they'll finish cooking each other. Mm -hmm in there but and see, they'll stay hot here's for a why long time. I resent you saying this right now, Rachel. This, yeah, I know why. This brings up a big resent because I called her this morning. <laughs> I'm just trying I called, to pass on to I our called, listeners. Yeah, she's like, here's a good idea, guys. But not for but Becca's When thing, I called but, her this morning know. and I'm like, Rach, how bad would it be if I just did baked potatoes because I could put them all in coolers and they could still be hot? And she's yeah. like, no. I and didn't I say said, no, didn't I? You say did. It you said that's a, a terrible idea, and I was like, yeah, I didn't. No, I said I didn't, didn't think it was the right thing with that menu. Well, it wasn't. That's I why said I said a baked potato. A, ba <laughs> a baked potato goes with like very few things really naturally. Like you would never do like mm -hmm. chicken cordon bleu in a baked potato. Like <laughs> no. you do like a steak no. in a baked potato, or yeah. like tri-tip in a baked potato. You don't do like yeah, and I'm doing like a maple glazed pork roast. Uh, so it technically. Mm, anyhow, but I had a sort of a... You shouldn't resent it because I was going to say one of the other tricks was that you do the cooler corn, but... I love cooler corn. This is so smart. Everyone, listen up. It's past the season, but remember it next year. Shuck a ton of corn. Put it all in a cooler. Dump a stock pot of boiling water over the top. Shut the lid and wait like 30 minutes. And then just pull out your corn. That's what we do that at Sabbath. It's incredible. When we have, when so we'll we just it. like bring a full cooler full of corn. And you can do so much of it because you never can boil that many in one pot. But it keeps it warm forever too. Mm -hmm. And it like keeps it at the perfect degree mm -hmm. of doneness. It's like the a really that, glorious the thing idea. That I find with the once you get past 50 people is that you have to start moving into satellite cooking methods. Like, you mm -hmm. have to, like, pre-cook things and then yep, I know. and then come back. It, it becomes more of a thing. I've We've done a fair amount of... Yeah. So, I've got... I've hired some ladies because 200 God, people is... I haven't is made cordon bleu in, a like, lot. years. But we should make that again because I think my kids would love that. They probably would. But... I don't... I'm... Anyway, so I've <laughs> hired husband, some ladies... One time I made cordon bleu for some kind of a big event. This is before we were married. Okay. And we ended up with a extras. I don't know why. Extras yeah. chicken corn on blue. And it was really good. But the it made my my husband does really like it. 
he was just joking at the time because they ate leftovers at their house. It was like a house of college guys, so they took all oh. the leftovers. They were mm-hmm. excited about it. And he joked about it uh, like a week later that it was the chicken cordon bleu. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe I could eat something else. He loved it, but it's That's the cordon funny. bleu after you've been going for it for lunch yeah. and dinner for too long. You start anyway. to be done. So why are we talking about this? I don't I'll know. tell you next week whether or not I live to tell a tale about this dinner. Or I'm thinking maybe Ex- I should just call Pizza Perfection and tell them to be on standby. Mm-hmm. Just call, just call Winco and ask I him think to order it'll be you good. berries. And uh, get yeah, them done time. that's the thing. Like, could somebody order me some Can blackberries do that? but then not deliver? That yeah. would be good. Yeah, so I think uh, well, we were going to talk about Christmas. Yeah. Um. Do you have a tip? I my, you have Becca's got a good tip on how to I make your tip. your Christmas tree look so, full and luscious. <laughs> this is so funny. We used to always go cut our own Christmas tree in the woods. So if you've ever done that, you know that it's the cheap version because you have to spend like five bucks for a tag. Yeah, and then we have a lot of trees. Yeah, and then you just go out and cut it on down. And the problem that you encounter is that you go out in the woods and you find one that looks luscious and full. You cut it down and you bring it home and you put it in your living room and it turns out to have one branch. And that's all. <laughs> and the funny thing is, the funny thing is that that's, she's not even joking. No. It's like it might look like a real tree in the in outdoors. The woods. Yeah. And you but bring it in home. the house. Nope. Nope. You can see right through it and it's very sad. So it couldn't even like hold up a light strand. No, it's, it's really like, like weak, weak, terrible. So, but don't worry. But don't Becca worry. has a fix it. I, I solved this problem. Although the last few years we've just been going and buying the tree at the lot because sometimes, sometimes you got to do, it. Do, yeah. it. do it. It's easier. Uh-huh. But there's something really fun about going out and cutting down a tree and it's just a very festive thing. But then you have a sorry looking thing in your yeah. living room. Ruins the fun. So when <laughs> I was, I, I thought of this once and I was like, score, just buy two tickets. And so we bought two tags. We bought. We would go out and cut down two trees, and then we would stuff them together and like wire the trunks together, <laughs> zip tie them on up, so that they they look like one tree, but they're they're a little bushier. The problem is once we accidentally cut two different kinds of trees. <laughs> so good. So, so it ended like, up well, being like. A mixed some of, the, some of the needles are pokey, but not all of them. <laughs> so oh, good. And so anyway, if you're feeling cheap this year, just know that you can do that. You can you know, zip tie the trunks together. I remember one of the things that, one of the memories of my childhood, you know how you every once in a while have those moments where you're like, I remember this clearly from the wrong perspective. Okay. Like, where you're like, man, I don't know why mom doesn't like it when we do that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Nate and I deciding that the best way to decorate the tree would be to throw tinsel at it. <laughs> like, like loose tinsel. Not yeah. like, 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 and I think we only ever had tinsel maybe one year. Yeah, it was like probably that year. Twice, it was yeah. that year. We did not normally have tinsel. No. And we were like, what if we just took this and just flung it at the tree? And I'm so funny because I remember being like, I wonder why mom bought this if she didn't want us to do that. <laughs> she didn't with want it. us to. Now, as an adult, I yeah, see it differently. I see, that I that see that it. Be, yeah. 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 Anyway. So, Megan's hot tip is to zip tie two trees yeah, together. You'll be, you'll be surprised at the results. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap hack, guys. 
teeth. One year we went and got it. We got our tree from the Boy Scouts. We went with the out in Potlatch. They so, also struggle with that same problem. Yeah, well, they, that's because they cut them down. I know. Yeah, so if so you're going to buy a Boy Scout tree, you buy, gotta two buy two and zip Boy Scout together. trees. Yeah. Well, we went out with mom and dad, and and uh, we were in the. <laughs> we went in their truck because we didn't have a truck. We were newlyweds. Yeah. So we were in the back of their. It's our first Merry Christmas, I believe. We were in the back of Mom and Dad's truck. You know, the seats, not the way back. Mm-hmm. And our our trees were in the back. And I remember theirs and ours. And I, we were riding, and I was like, I think I think our tree's going to blow out. Like, it was, like, oh, looking yeah. like it was going to take yeah. off, right? Yeah. And we're, so we're watching it, like, oh, no, I think the tree might, oh, dear. It shot out the back on the highway. Oh, so no. the tree just just flies out and and we're you know that's not a good thing to hit a car behind you with no like a full tree not good and um but the car behind us didn't notice (laughs) and and he he was a truck and he it was such a flimsy little tree (laughs) that that well it was big, but not that big, you know, but he, yeah. I, somehow he came to pass us or something or he drove over it. <laughs> he drove over it. He drove over it. So for a long time, we're like, what happened to it? Where did it go? We don't know where it went. And then he passed us with it stuck in his back wheel well. <laughs> he like, drives past us with our tree dragging behind it. and he was wrapped around like his axle oh like it was gosh. so bendy at the top that it just whipped around his wheel and he goes blazing past us on the highway well okay our worst christmas tree was was um there were some people in our church who had this sweet hookup of a guy who lived <laughs> You were allowed to just go on their property. I don't know if it used to be a Christmas tree farm, but they were like really nice trees. Like they were not like woodland trees. They were yeah. they were decent looking. And you could just hike around until you found one you liked, cut it down, and then mail them a check for ten bucks. So it was a really good deal. It was the ultimate hookup. So we did that and that was all great. And then the next year, uh, maybe I don't know if it was I, I feel like we did it a couple years. And then the, <laughs> and then the third year we uh, did it, went home, put up our tree and everything. Then we had lost his name or address or something. So we called our friends to be like, hey, the connection, you, the connection. Like, could you give us that name again? And they were like, oh, they moved. They <laughs> sold the house and moved. <laughs> so we, and, and the these, we had just like cut it down, like basically just the idea right in front of the house. Strolling. <laughs> Strolling down to someone's property to cut down a tree with just zero self-awareness. What do you think? How about this one, kid? We were in full view of the house, like just out in front of the house. We cut a tree down and we left with it. And we're like, we'll send you a check for 10 bucks. So bad. Did you send them a check for 10 bucks? I think we did, but we did. Well, I don't know because we didn't know who it was like we couldn't make it out to them like it was so, did you not go back I, and say it was us who cut I your tree actually down i don't remember how we made restitution for that <laughs> because it's hard to restore it but oh, it's so can you good. hear the hail again it's just hailing like crazy or corn snowing i guess it does look kind but, of like tiny hail yeah we it should, looks like rock salt all right well we, we should, should say goodbye puppy up. we'll let you go all right have a good day people <laughs> bye, bye.
New St. Andrews College thanks you for listening.